So we're in Mark chapter 9 today. We've been doing the gathering conversation for a few months now, and, and we're, we're coming to the end of it. Uh, the gathering conversation, meaning that uh, who are we? Who are we as a gathering? Who are we as individuals in Christ? What does it mean to be a Jesus follower? What does it mean to be the body of Christ? What does it mean for us in this world, in this context, to, to follow closely after God? And so uh, that's what we've been talking about for several weeks today. Uh, the question that I want you to be able to answer by the end of the day is what's your serve look like? Well, what does your serve look like? Um, All righty, I'm going to read from uh, Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 33, just briefly, and then we're going to ask a few questions and look forward to asking, answering a few questions. It says, they, this is Jesus and uh, his disciples, the apostles primarily, they came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, now they got to Capernaum, they went in the house, and, and he asked them, what were you arguing about on the way? How about that? I mean, Jesus is walking along with his disciples and hears them arguing about something. I I love it the way this is, and and this is the way we're going to break this down this morning. But they were silent, all right, so (laughs) they got caught. I mean, you get the image here? Jesus is going, what were you guys arguing about coming up the road? They were like, you tell him, I'm not going to tell him, you tell him, right? Right? So they were silent because on the way they had been arguing with one another about who was the greatest. Don't you? Oh, man, I love it. Uh, Sitting down, he called the twelve and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he must be last and servant of all. He took a child and had him stand among them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one little child such as this in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but him who sent me. What's your serve look like? See, we've been talking about the characteristics of what it looks like to follow Jesus. I mean, we first have to discern who we are in Christ, that we've been redeemed, regenerated, saved by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. Based on that, we start discerning what's most important in our lives. What's the priority of your life? The, the priority of the of the, the Jesus following life is loving God first. I'm going to love God. I'm going to act like it. I want the testimony of my life to be that, that, that representation of loving God. I want people to be able to see my life and go, that guy loves God. Right? That's what you want people to be able to see in your life. Following that, we see the, the, these, these characteristics, surrender and sacrifice and listening and obeying and abiding, abiding, you see? Uh, the idea of, of, of serving God is, is one of the characteristics. So what does your serve look like? Uh, when I was in high school, I had some friends that loved playing tennis. I was not one of them. There's something about that game that just wasn't for me. Uh, there's something about starting, stopping, pivoting, turning. I didn't think my knees could take it, and it just I wasn't willing to do the work. But I remember a friend of mine having this big bucket, basket-looking thing of tennis balls going out on the tennis court and just nonstop throwing these things in the air and hitting. No, not nobody on the other side. Right? 
just hitting tennis balls at the fence and just and I was like that has got to be the most boring thing I think I've ever seen in my life right but but she was working on some mechanics she was working on a rhythm a muscle memory thing of serving the ball into the opposite little triangle over there right rectangle whatever that thing was whack Right? And, and, and working and working and working. And, and, and as I was looking at the, at the, the passage and, and the topic of, 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 of this characteristic, I started thinking, how hard do we work on our serve? How hard do you work on your serve? You see? I mean, do, do you practice it? Do, do you invest the time in, in working the serve? And, and, and what does it look like in your life? You see, uh, we, we, we have this tendency to let others define what our serve looks like. Right? I mean, uh, if, if God has laid it out for us to follow him, and I believe that he has, uh, if Christ has given us that, that, that example of what it means to walk with him and to talk with him and to, to have this relationship with him, when I look at this passage right here, I see the intimacy of their relationship with one another. And they were friends together. They, they loved each other. They loved hanging out together. They loved hanging out with Jesus. And so, so guess what? They walked everywhere they went. And so they're walking to Capernaum and Jesus overhears them arguing about something in the back. Now, I'm going to go ahead and submit to you. I think he knew what they were arguing about. I think he had a perfect awareness. And so when they got in the house, he, he just puts them on the spot and goes, all right, how about y'all tell me what you were arguing about, right? It's not that he didn't understand what was in their hearts because Jesus knew the hearts of all men. See, what was it? This was that, that, this was that intimate walking with Jesus teaching opportunity. I just love it. Guess what? He still gives you these opportunities of walking and talking with him and him, him breaking it down for you when you dig into his word and you pay attention to what he's saying and, and, and you pay attention to what God is doing in the moment and the spirit of God speaking in and through and pouring into you and you go, yes, I understand. You see, they get in the house and, I, and they're relaxing. You know, we've made this long journey to Capernaum and they get in the house, they're relaxing. He goes, all right, how about y'all tell me what y'all were arguing about? And they're like, uh, <laughs> ever get caught? <laughs> ever think you got away with something and then realize you didn't? See, that, that's what's going on right here, and I just love it. And then I love the picture, y'all. I've just got to... <sighs> Remember, my favorite question about the Word of God is, what did that look like? So take it in the moment... Right? They get into the house, and Jesus kind of, <clears throat> maybe he sits down on the lazy boy. I, there's no lazy boys then. But anyway, he sits down among them. He says, what were y'all arguing about? And they said, they were silent because they were arguing about who was hurt. It doesn't say. You say so, so, so all of a sudden, what he does, he brings a child. Can't you picture that? He just brings a child. And he, he puts this child in front of him and he says, you know what? You guys are arguing about over what it means to be the greatest. And I'm going to show you right now that this right here is the greatest. 
and he takes that child and he and, and he says, look, anyone. See, there it is. Whoever welcomes one little child such as this in my name welcomes me. What is Jesus showing them? Jesus is showing them his serve. You see what he's doing? He's showing them his serve. See, because in the room of all these disciples who who think themselves important, who think themselves to be greatest or better than the other ones, he goes, look here. Pay attention to the little things. Pay attention to the little ones. See that? So, so that's my question. I, 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 I don't. I, it's not my job to make you feel guilty. Okay. And God didn't assign that to me. But you need to pay attention to what God's Spirit is saying to you. Because when we let others define what our service looks like, I'll go ahead and pick one of these up. We call this a nominating team report. What does that mean? That means some folks in the gathering said, yeah, I'll do that or I'll do that. Great. Hey, I love it. I'm not... I, I Honestly, once it's printed, I just don't pay a lot of attention to it. And here's why. Because that's just a list. It's what you do when God provides the opportunity for you. What does your serve look like in the kingdom of God? It's not tennis. It's God giving the opportunity, setting the opportunity before you and you responding and answering to what God has. It's not me saying, okay, we've got a gap over here that we need somebody to fill. That's that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, is when God speaks to your heart and says, there's a need, there's an opportunity for the kingdom for the love to be displayed. Will you do that? See, that's what the serve question's all about. Uh, I've told y'all, I tell my, all right, so, yeah, I only have so much life to tell you about, but here you go. Now, when I was in high school at Greenwood High School, I was in the, in the, in the high school Sunday school class at Cali Self Memorial Baptist Church. Aaron Bishop was our Sunday school teacher. Aaron was a big old guy. He had two, two sons at the time, a little bit younger than I was. And we, we were horrible children, just so you know. We, we were always into something. And Aaron, week in, week out, would get up and teach Sunday school. Week in, week out, he would get up and teach Sunday school. And, and we cut up, good gracious, alive, man. But you know what would happen is, is we'd go to Aaron's house and hang out. We'd spend time with, 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 with Mr. Bishop. Because Mr. Bishop loved us. Did he have to love us? No, he didn't. He didn't have to, but he did because that was his serve. That, that, that's what he did. He, he felt uh, not only called, but compelled by the Spirit of God in him to serve. And so, so it was like there was this automatic opportunity that popped up in the late 70s when they built the Greenwood Mall. This is the 70s, and so malls were a thing then. So they built the Greenwood Mall, and they were going to put a Chick-fil-A in the mall. I love Chick-fil-A, just so you know. 
you don't have to. It doesn't bother me that you don't. As a matter of fact, if you don't, it leans more for me. Aaron Bishop decided he wanted to be the owner-operator of the local Chick-fil-A. Now, it was a big deal uh, back in that time because uh, Chick-fil-A's got pretty high standards because their name, their reputation, their, their, their priorities and value systems very important to them. Um, and so... <clears throat> Uh, Aaron asked us if we would be willing to write a letter. So this was my very first ever letter of reference on behalf of Mr. Bishop because he wanted to be the owner-operator of the Chick-fil-A at the Cross Creek Mall in Greenwood, South Carolina. And, and he got it. And lots and lots of my friends worked there. Lots of them worked there. And I hung out there all the time, right? Now, why am I talking about Chick-fil-A and Aaron Bishop? All right, so here you go. Two reasons. Ready? Mr. Bishop loved us. He served us as high school kids that were not worthy of being served. Okay? And then when he had this opportunity to, 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 to have this, this store and this restaurant thing, he hired a bunch of my friends that quite honestly, I had questions about myself. Right? But you know what they say when you go to Chick-fil-A and get your chicken nuggets or whatever? It's a pleasure to serve you. Right? I just, when I was, when I was putting all this together this morning, because we've got a whole other section of the text I want to read in a minute, but here you go. I thought, how cool was it that Mr. Bishop loved us enough to serve us as high school kids, became the owner-operator of the Chick-fil-A, and it's a pleasure to serve, right? See, we live in a country, we live in a nation, we live in a culture and a society that claws at others to get ahead. We'll step on other people just to get what we want. That's not the picture of God's Word. Jesus brings a child into their midst and says, look out for these. Watch out for the little ones. Welcome the little ones. Because we live in a world that teaches us to seek the spotlight. See, Jesus wants us to seek the light, but not the spotlight. Right? How many people are all about self-promotion? Dare I even mention social media? Did Twitter and Instagram and all the new ones that I'm too old to know, right? A little farther down in the Gospel of Mark, in, in chapter 10, it says, James and John, now we know them, the sons of Zebedee approached him and said, Teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask you. What do you want me to do for you, we asked them. Now look, Jesus knows the hearts of all men. Jesus knows what's going on in their hearts. Jesus knows the motivation that brings these brothers to him. They're two of 12, right? And they want to be first. They want to be, you know, friend A and B to Jesus. 
They answered him, Allow us to sit at your right and your left in your glory. So they're expecting Jesus to set up the kingdom, to have a throne, you know, vice king and other vice king, James and John. Now, when they say in your glory, they're thinking of some earthly ladder to climb, some place of importance, some place of recognition, some place of influence, some place of of reputation. They're, They're looking at this thing up here like, we want to be great on this earth. Jesus said, you don't even know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup I drink? Or to be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? See, that very phrase right there kind of teaches you something. Okay? Jesus is saying, you got no idea what's ahead. You don't know what's coming. You think you've got something figured out. You think you want, you know where it is that you want to achieve, but you don't have a clue. Folks, can I just go ahead and tell y'all something? Yeah, we, we can look out across time, weeks, months, calendars, whatever you want to. Program it in your phone so that it dings when it's time to do something. That's fine. But you got no idea what the future holds. Who would have dreamed? Two years ago, that we would go through these last two years we've gone through. Nobody starting 2020 thought, oh, nobody did. But here's the question that we've got to look back and ask ourselves, where is and was our faith when 2020 started? Was it in our culture, in our society? Was it was it in our prestige, our reputations? Was it was it was it in our government? Was, what, what, where was it? Or was our faith and is our faith in Jesus alone? Now here we are, at the end of November. Can I tell y'all something? You don't know what's going to happen in December. You don't know. Coming up Wednesday. Y'all ready? December 1. You don't know. But you can know where you're planted, what foundation your feet are on. You can know the rock on which you stand. And that is Jesus. It's not government. It's not media. It's not health organizations. It's not culture. It's not any of that stuff. It is either on Jesus or it's not. Because all that other stuff is going to fall apart. Maybe not December 1st, but it's going to fall apart. Okay? James and John said, oh no, we can do it. We can do it, Jesus. We're able. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and you will be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. What's he saying? He says, I'm going to suffer. So are you. Ah, this is this is the problem with certain theologies that say, as long as you're following Jesus, everything's just going to be perfect. 
Some call it health and wealth or whatever you want to call it. You know, a, friend, a preacher I like listening to said, I don't know where that comes from. He said, because Jesus whom we follow was murdered. Why is it we think we deserve better? Okay, I'm just telling you, you don't know. But to sit at my right and left is not mine to give. Instead, it is for those whom it has been prepared. When the ten disciples heard this, they be- I love the phrasing of this in the, in the Christian standard Bible here. It says, when the ten disciples heard this, they became to be indignant with James and John. They, they, they were indignant. Doesn't that sound very nice? They were mad. I, I can hear say, who do you think you are? Can't you hear it? I mean, I can hear it. I can hear Peter going, yeah, right. <laughs> See what I mean? They became indignant with James and John. James called them over and said to them, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the... Jesus called them over, not James. Jesus called them over and said to them, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and those in high position act as tyrants over them, but it is not so among you. It is not to be so among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you will be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you will be a slave to all. Now listen to this. And I underlined this one in the passage. In both passages from Mark 9 and Mark 10. Here you go. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served. But to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. So I'm not going to define it for you this morning. Uh, you know, I, I I grew up just steeped in in churchianity. Man, those ladies that changed my diaper when I was a child heard me preach my first sermon. I can't imagine what was going through their minds. As I at 15 years old, I got up to preach. You know, and they 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 all sat together right about there. Sorry, Heather, but there that's where they sat. You know, and I got up to preach, and 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 it, it didn't dawn on me at the time that in the bed baby room, those three little old ladies had changed my diaper. Right? How could I get up and say, "I want to be great in the kingdom of God"? And those three ladies going, "Yeah, we saw you. Don't worry about it." <laughs> see, see, our world teaches us to think more of ourselves than we are and here's my question goes back to beginning what does your serve look like because here's what Jesus is showing us right here in this last verse the very last one and I'm going to ask these questions is your serve sacrificial do you give up or give of yourself for others around you? Is your serve, does your serve cost you? I don't mean financially, but your time, your talent, abilities, 
How about your agenda? Do, do, do you set aside the, the who I am, James and John, right? For what can I give to others? Right? If I make a list, everybody will go, I do that. So I'm not going to make a list for you. I want you to figure it out. Because if we're truly going to follow Jesus, then this passage matters. We follow Jesus to serve. We follow Jesus to serve, not to be served. You see that? All right, so I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to touch on a pet peeve before I finish. You ready? <laughs> I don't know if y'all noticed. The staff all knows this. I never call this hour that we gather in this place a service. Never. Because here would be my question. What y'all doing? Right? I mean... The band, we can say they're serving, right? If I get up and preach, I can say I'm serving somehow. But what are you doing? <laughs> I'm not getting on your case. I, I, I don't want you to feel guilty about it. Because this is not the apex of service. The point of service is what you do when you leave this room and give of yourself, actually give yourself to other people. Give yourself to other people, to the little child that Jesus pulls in and sits on his lap and says, serve this one, you serve me. Serve this one, you serve the one who sent me. See, well, what's your serve look like? Are you trying to get some sort of attention? Trying to get the right chair or the left chair? You arguing? <laughs> I just love Mark 9, 33 through 37. I just love it. You know, Jesus is walking along and they're following behind him. Going, no, 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 no. I'm going to be first. I'm going to be the greatest. It's what led to, to James and John going, since they rejected us, want us to call down fire and brimstone on that town? She's like, no, you don't understand. You see, what does your serve look like? See, I'm afraid that we have so packaged faith that our serve is only characterized by something that takes place in these kind of walls or, or in some program or some effort that we call church when it might be that you're just supposed to hold the door for somebody maybe buy somebody's groceries. I don't know what it looks like in your life. See, I've mentioned those two things. Now Now y'all going to go look for doors to open. 
Here's, here, here's what it's supposed to look like. It's supposed to look like getting into your relationship with Jesus and asking Jesus, asking God to give you eyes to see and ears to hear the opportunities to serve Him by serving others. Serving others? What can I do for you? And here you go. I'm going right back there because this is where God anchored it in my mind. I go and stand. Right? I eat my nuggets and my sandwich because I always get a number one Chick-fil-A sandwich meal with 12 nuggets on the side. That's like dessert. And I inevitably drink all of my tea. It's one of the few places that I drink tea because they know how to do it. Okay? And I drink it all and I get up and I take my own lid and straw off and hold it in my hand because if I don't, they're going to give me another one. And I'll walk up there and I'll just stand at the end of the counter and somebody at Chick-fil-A will go, how can I serve you? It's just sweet tea, right? But man, I love the fact that they ask that question that way. So as you leave here this morning, ask yourself, how can I serve somebody? Ask God how you can serve somebody. See, just love the people that come into your atmosphere. All right? What's your serve look like? Ultimately, the question is, does it make a difference? See, there's some folks that just need, they just need you to smile at them. <laughs> That's all. I am always intrigued. See, when y'all walk in here, y'all expect me. Who was it? Louie back there said something about never seeing me angry. <clears throat> he doesn't hang around me enough. But here you go. Anytime you walk in a store, or, or or check out at the grocery store or walk into oh man this is the be best place in the world to go in and be happy is the DMV <laughs> you know why because they don't expect it man I walk into DMV and they'll go afternoon how you doing I go I'm having a blast how about you and they go <laughs> right you know what? We wouldn't be able to do that if it weren't for Jesus in us. Folks, we've got to go serve those around us with a love that isn't, it, it didn't come from us. God gave it to us. We got to go love people, okay? So what does your serve look like? It starts with Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you need Jesus. You can't do it without Jesus. Because inevitably something bad is going to interfere. Guess what? Even following Jesus, bad things happen. But guess what? We, we know where we stand. The world can fall apart. But we stand in Christ. Okay? Pray with me. God, thank you for today. Thank you that service is not about position or title or, or filling a gap or staffing a structure. God's service is about loving the people around us. Taking a child 
and making them smile. God, I pray that today we would, we would be challenged, I would be challenged as to what my serve looks like. God, help me to practice it. God, help me to practice my serve. God, help me to get it right. God, I pray for every person in the room this morning. We, we, we've come off a Thanksgiving weekend where, where, where we want to be thankful. We want to appreciate, God, what you've done in our lives and hold, and hold it valuable that we have Jesus. And God, if there's somebody here this morning that doesn't know Jesus, we want them to know Jesus. Maybe there's some Jesus followers here this morning that, that, that are, they've got some worldly stuff going on and, and God, your word says that's sin. We need to have a conversation with you. Maybe there's some folks, as I know, someone's already asked about being a part of this gathering family and what it means to join this gathering family. God, we just want to be obedient to you. We want to love you back and we want to love the folks around us and we want to do it together. So God, help us to do it this morning and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.